Good evening and welcome to a Saturday evening, February the 26th edition of the Christian Underground News Network. I'm your host, Kurt Chamberlain, along with your co-host, Pastor Dick Chamberlain, and our regular Tuesday evening or Saturday evening. See, I got the date right and the day wrong. Okay. Our regular Saturday evening guest, Mr. Lucas Doremus. Uh, Lucas, good good evening and, and welcome. We're glad to have you again. What are we going to be talking about tonight, sir? Uh, continuing our study in Proverbs. Uh, we'll make it at least through family. That's the topic we're going to start on and we'll see how much we get after that. Sounds good. So we'll just, we'll just begin. Boy, Curtis, that was a short intro tonight. Man, you are, must... are you saying that I'm normally long-winded? No, I'm just saying you must be up in my paycheck because you're giving me a couple extra minutes to talk. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, for, forget the raisin pay. I can't afford it right now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I'm you'll, sure you'll, 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 you'll just have to settle for your heavenly reward. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm sure you'll give back pay once you get it. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you bet. All right. Anyway, the, uh, the first topic we're going to go over tonight is family. Uh, there are a number of proverbs uh, about family and uh, father, mother, son, uh, children, relationship. The father, son, you know, daughter, mother, you know, even even beyond that in a family, even servants. We're going to talk about them a little bit. So we'll just start. Uh, it, we'll turn to actually this is the first proverb in chapter 10. So this is chapter 10, verse one. As a reminder, these are the, uh, the short Proverbs that generally Proverbs is known for between 10, chapters 10 and tw- through 29, and we're looking at them categorically. Uh, this is really the one book where sometimes the surrounding context doesn't give you a whole lot of help, um, but categorically studying something in Proverbs or by subject, uh, you can really learn a lot from. Yeah. So we'll start with chapter 10, verse 1. It says, the Proverbs of Solomon. A wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish son is grief to his mother. Now, there's going to be a number of Proverbs tonight that talk about uh, when a son is foolish, uh, that brings a lot of grief to the parents. Um, And and that is true. You know, when I, you know, you talk to people you work with, uh, you know, I was a teacher for a number of years. And I knew the children and the parents sometimes, or people you work with, they talk about their kids or things like that. And this proverb really is very true. Uh, A wise son makes a glad father, and and really by extension, the mother also. Uh, But a foolish son brings grief to his mother, and again, by extension, the father also. And so uh, if you want to make your parents happy, glad, blessed, uh, be wise. Um, and if you are a father or a mother, make sure you raise your kid to be wise. And we'll, we'll hit on a number of Proverbs that have that same thought. So we'll move on because, again, the Bible says it better than I do. So the next proverb we're going to go to is chapter 11, verse 29. It says, he who troubles his own house will inherit the wind and the fool will be servant to the wise of heart. Now, Inheriting the wind, this is uh, something that Solomon says often, especially if you read the book of Ecclesiastes, he talks about grasping for the wind. Um, And what it means is when you inherit the wind or grasp the wind, that means you're inheriting or grasping nothing because you can't hold the wind. Um, You know, you can grasp, hold your hand and try to catch the wind as much as you want. It's not going to do you any good. The wind's still going to blow. 
And so when you trouble your own house, uh, what Solomon is saying here is you get nothing. Um, so, you know, and this, and it just says, he who troubles his own house, this can go for the son or daughter or the father or mother. Mm-hmm. Or by, you know, if, if you've got grandparents living with you or cousins or adopted, doesn't matter. Uh, if you're in troubling your own house, there is no profit in that. Absolutely none. Um, you know, so don't profit. Now, I mean, I have two brothers and a sister. And sometimes, you know, when you're living in, in the house, you just need a little break from each other, right? Sometimes. Sometimes you're just, you're all in that house and you got to get away. Um, but this, but this proverb still rings true that you don't want to trouble your own house. Uh, what the second half here, a fool will be, the fool will be servant to the wise of heart. Um, the wise of heart uh, will rule over a fool because they know how to anticipate what the fool's going to do. Uh, the fool's certainly not going to uh, reign over them or because they don't know how to do that sort of thing. And so make sure you, you are wise and not the fool um, because we don't want to uh, be foolish. We want to be wise of heart. All right, this next proverb is Proverbs chapter 14, verse 1. The wise woman builds her house, but the foolish pulls it down with her hands. Uh, And so the wise woman building her house, this is really, I mean, it says woman, but it's talking about the mother. A wise woman is building her house. Um, a, A woman should be taking care of the house. Now, that doesn't mean, you know, you know, if you want to be cynical about it, that doesn't mean that, you know, taking care of the kitchen or just cleaning or whatever. It, I mean, it does include those things, but building in the house is taking care of the entire house plus the people that live there, uh, which means it's making sure the house is in order, but it's also stopping to take care of your kids, uh, their emotional needs, uh, teaching them, um, and taking care of everything as part of the house. And by the way, uh, just because it says woman here does not mean the man, the father doesn't do the exact same thing. Um, you know, so in a lot of these proverbs, especially specifically these, even though it might be directed at a father or mother, it, it really goes both ways. Um, and, of you know, the wife and the husband, they do have different roles. But in terms of what we're talking about in proverbs, there's lots and lots of crossover. So if you if you are building your house, that is wise. Uh, but if you're foolish, you're going to be pulling it down. You're not going to be taking care of the house. Uh, maybe you're not uh, eating a family meal as often as you should. Sitting down and talking with your kids. Yeah. Um, maybe you're not spending a lot of time around uh, your spouse. Uh, maybe you're, it's more like roommates sometimes and really being a married couple. Um, that would be pulling down a house. Um, now, at the same time, it all does mean you are supposed to take care of the house. It means we're supposed to keep it in order and keep it clean, do the dishes, any of those things, you know, shop, all those things. So we want to be building our house, not pulling it down. Um, and that's a good proverb to keep in mind for any parents out there. Yep. Chapter 15, verse 17. It says, better is a dinner of herbs where love is than a fatted calf with hatred. Uh, boy, what's, what's this talking about? Uh, we're actually going to uh, save it in, in two Proverbs. 
because they basically stay the same thing. So I'm not going to go through it twice. So remember that this proverb is there. I'll repeat it. We're actually going to go three verses away to chapter 15, verse 20. It says, a wise son makes his father glad, but a foolish man despises his mother. Now, if you're wise and it makes a father glad, that's really easy, right? But this second half, a foolish man despises his mother. Um, if you are hating your mother, that's foolish. Now, you could easily say, yeah, but you don't know my mother. And you're right. I don't know any mothers out there and, and mothers aren't perfect just because they're mothers. Uh, but notice the verse doesn't say any words like unless or except or anything like that. It doesn't say a foolish man despises his mother unless his mother's really rotten. You know, it doesn't say that. It says a foolish man despises his mother. And that kind of brings up this topic that, you know, as we grow up, sometimes we realize, um, you know, the, the people that we grow up with, our parents aren't always the best people. Now, in my case, my mom usually listens to this podcast. So mom and dad, I'm not talking about you. I've got great parents and I love you both very much. But, you know, some, sometimes that happens. We're still supposed to treat our parents very, very well right. in, in spite of uh, whether they're foolish or wise. And, and, you know, if anybody would ever disagree, you can just say, well, you know, Jesus died for you. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's kind of the end of that argument. You know, somebody doesn't have to deserve it for us to treat them well. That's right. Because we don't deserve it. And God treated us very, very well because uh -huh. he died for us. So. And, uh, and I had the best father and mother that ever lived. That's well, my opinion. Maybe we need to fight over that one because my mom okay. and dad are pretty good too. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm too old to fight with you. <laughs> oh well, you say that, but then again, you've threatened me before, so uh, <laughs> I'm kind of afraid of you. That was okay. tongue in cheek. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, now we are going to go to uh, Proverbs or uh, chapter 17, verse two. It says, a wise servant will rule over a son who causes shame and will share an inheritance among brothers. What's this saying? Well, I often think of this, when I read this verse, I think of a will. You know, Pastor, uh, you've talked about the will you have where, you know, where, where, where when you, we die, we're going to leave certain things to certain, you know, our kids and split up, you know, the inheritance or what it is. Yeah. You know, I've, I've heard this story or this type of story that when you have somebody that's a good friend and they do a lot of things for you, some, and, but you have a son or daughter, whoever, that really isn't a great son or daughter and they don't pay a lot of attention to you. I have heard of people taking out their son or daughter of the will or lessening their inheritance and putting that other friend in. Yeah. Well, this verse is making it plain that that will happen. You have a wise servant, somebody who takes care of you, and your kids don't take care of you. It is very likely that that person, that friend, will have part of your inheritance. Uh, notice it doesn't say it's right or wrong. It's just saying it happens. Yeah. yeah. And so we want to take care of our parents. Um, and, and when, as, as they get older, or even as we're young, it doesn't matter. <laughs> we should take care of them. Yeah. All right. Uh, so now we're going to go to Proverbs chapter 17, verse, uh, where am I? 
boy. Okay, verse one. I think I might have skipped one or two here. Sorry about that. I'm going back and getting them. Proverbs chapter 17, verse one, it says, better is a dry morsel with quietness than a house full of feasting with strife. Now, I said a second ago, well, the proverb where it says, better is a dinner of herbs where love is than a fatted calf with hatred. What are these both saying? They're saying it's better to be poor and have uh, peace in the home or a good home than have a lot or be rich and have strife uh, or hatred in your home. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, and, I, and, I've, and I've heard this too, where, you know, where people say, you know, when they were young with their kids and they didn't have very much, they really learned to appreciate what they have or what they had. And they got very close as a family. But as they got more money and they bought more things and, you know, went more places and did more things, they actually lost some of that connection as a family. Um, and so uh, the, the encouragement to me here is to spend quality time with your family. Uh, it, it is far better to have that quietness and love in your family and not really have much than to have a lot, but not get along. Agreed much better. So, you know, realize the things uh, you have in life. And I remember telling, you know, I'm not, you know, my oldest kid is only eight, so I haven't been through a lot as a parent, but since I'm still kind of young, you know, I still talk to parents that are just having kids for the first time or things like that. And, uh, and a lot of times the subject comes up of if you're going to have one parent stay home, you know, if you're going to have a stay at home parent, um, and I understand sometimes situations don't allow that, you know, I get it, but I always tell those parents, I just say, you know, whatever sacrifice you need to make to raise your own child, it's worth it. It is. Yeah, it is. Um, and, 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 you know, that will reap dividends much later in life um, when you, when you're raising your own child and you're just around them all the time and you're being there, even if you don't make a lot of money. And so that's just an encouragement. And, and, you know, sometimes God doesn't allow that. I understand, but I think that's God's pattern. You know what I mean? Yes, yes I do. Yeah. Okay. All right. And I think I, all right. I think I'm back on track now. Uh, chapter 17, verse 17. It says a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. Uh, if you are a friend with someone, uh, you are to be loving to them at all times. Now, we read a verse, you know, a number of weeks ago where it said open rebuke is better than love carefully concealed. That doesn't mean that you, you never correct somebody or you never encourage right. them or anything. It doesn't mean anything like that. It means you're always doing it out of love. And now the second part of the proverb, a brother is born for adversity. Now, and I remember growing up that my mom and dad taught us that if a family member needs help, you go help them. Uh, whether that's some kind of home improvement project, whether it's moving, uh, whether it's anything else, if they need help, you go help your family. Mm-hmm. And that's been what it says right here. A brother is born for adversity. One reason we have family is to help us through hard times. Yep. And so we need to depend, depend on our family and we need to be there. And again, it can be said, well, you don't know what my family's like or you don't, they're not nice to me. I get that, you know, but at the same time, God gave us a family and we're supposed to take care of each other. And so that's, that's the pattern now can may not be possible in your life and in your family. I get it, but 
you know, we want to do our best to do that. All right. Uh, Proverbs 17, verse 21, it says, he who begets a scoffer does to, so to his sorrow, and the father of a fool has no joy. Um, I have worked with people that are like this proverb, that they talk about their kids and how their kids have gone off the rails, and there's not a lot of joy, and there's a lot of sorrow. And, uh, and, and that's a shame. Uh, Proverbs 17, verse 25 is much like it. It says, a foolish son is a grief to his father and bitterness to her who bore him. So when you are foolish, your parents are sad and they're bitter about it. Um, and I'm sure as parents, we can all look back at things our kids did and wish we had done it differently. Um, but so be, be a wise son, be a wise daughter if you want to bring your parents uh, joy. All right, uh, the next verse, again, another one I had out of order. Sorry about that. This is chapter 17, verse 6. It says, children's children are the crown of old men, and the glory of children is their father. Um, we'll talk about the second half of this verse first, the glory of the children of their father. Um, no matter how old you are as a child or where your father is, we should respect our father. Um, because our father hopefully has been wise, um, and it is good to talk about him. I have a father like that. I can be very proud of my father. He's taught me a lot. He has a lot of good common sense, and I'm very thankful for the father I had. Amen. And, uh, and it's a shame when, uh, you know, our, a father isn't like that. Um, and, you know, we have to deal with that um, in, in life when that happens. Uh, especially, you know, I, I've got a friend who I th he, who was adopted, and I'm not sure if I can remember right. I'm not sure he's ever bought, met his father. And again, it's just a shame. We have to deal with that, um, you know, but this proverb still rings true. The glory of children is their father. Yeah. All right, let's do the fir first half of the verse. Children's children are the crown of old men. Uh, boy, I can, tell you, I can tell you, I had some good grandpas. Um, and, uh, and I hope I was a crown with them. I had one of my grandpas, uh, he came to every single soccer game, um, that I played in and, and he, he was fun cause he worked for the journal star, which is, is a local paper still in the Peoria area. And, uh, and so what he would do is he was still kind of a journalist about my soccer games. And, uh, there was a place we played and a league we played in where, if one team was beating the other team by more than five, they wouldn't add more to the scoreboard until the team that was losing scored. So the scoreboard would never be more than five points ahead. Well, what my grandpa would do was he would say something to the effect of, well, Luke, you know, you lost it's the scoreboard said four to nine, but do you want to know how many you really lost by? <laughs> um, but he was a great grandpa. Um, and I can say this too. My dad is an excellent grandfather to my kids. Yeah. Um, and they love going over to grandpa's house and they love doing stuff with him. Um, and I'm really, really thankful for my dad as being a good grandfather to his kids. Yeah. Um, and just so you know, mom, if you're listening to this, they really, really love their grandma too. It just says, the old men instead of old women here in this verse. So, <laughs> and my, and my mom knows they do. Okay. Uh, verse uh, chapter 19, verse 13. 
it says a foolish son is the ruin of his father and the contentions of a wife are con a continual dripping. Uh, a foolish son is a ruin to his father. That can happen. Boy, sometimes a father can get into some really bad situations because of a foolish son. Yeah. And again, that that's a shame. Um, and this proverb is just making a statement that that happens. Uh, the second one here, the contentions of a wife are continual dripping. Well, that contentions there, it means strife, uh, you know, fights, quarrels, anything like that. And so if a wife is quarrelsome or makes trouble, it's like a continual dripping. Well, when something continually drips, that's really annoying, isn't it? Absolutely. And sometimes Especially if it's hitting you in the forehead. <laughs> yeah, and it can even make you angry. Uh, just because, yeah, it can happen. So, so wives, if you're listening to out there, uh, you know, we want you want to be building up your house, not causing contentions right. because that's like a continual dripping. Now, it kind of, like we said before, the, if I were to say the contentions of a husband are a continual dripping, it has the exact same effect on the wife. Yeah. yeah. So, so, uh, husbands and wives, uh, don't be contentious with each other. All right. Chapter 24, verses three through four, it says, through wisdom, a house is built and by understanding it is established. By knowledge, the rooms are filled with precious, with all precious and pleasant riches. Um, much like some of the Proverbs we read, if you want to have a house, which again, the house doesn't just mean a building. It's, you know, where you live and your family and everything. If you want that to be a precious and pleasant place to live, uh, have wisdom, have understanding, have knowledge. That's how you're going to build a family, a house that is going to be pleasant and precious. What's the best way to do that? Get into the scriptures and read them. So if you're a father out there and you are not spending at least a good amount of time in the scriptures, you need to start doing that, and that's how your house is going to be precious and pleasant. Now, wives, same exact thing. If you're not spending a good amount of time in the Bible, you need to, and that's how your house is going to be built. Yep. Chapter 28, verse 7, it says, Whoever keeps the law is a discerning son, but a companions of gluttons shames his father. Uh, whoever keeps the law is a discerning son. Well, if you want to be a discerning son, keep the law. What does that mean? Keep God's commandments. Right. But the companions of gluttons shames his father. Now, I looked up that word gluttons, <laughs> and actually it's somewhat escaping me what it means. But that glutton, sometimes we think in English that means like eat a lot. Um, but I believe it means just riotous living, yeah. uh, prodigal living. Um, anything like that. So if you're if you're hanging out with a lot of people that are, uh, you know, I don't know, riotous, rambunctious, out in the town all the time, that might be a shame to your father. Uh, one very practical way that could be a shame is, you know, a father is just sitting there at night watching TV, gets a knock on the door, and there's a police officer with his son out yeah. there. And that could be a shame, shameful thing. So don't hang out with riotous people. All right. Uh, chapter 29, verse 3, it says, Whoever loves wisdom makes his father rejoice, 
but a companion of harlots wastes his wealth. Um, when you love wisdom, uh, you're going to treat your father well, you're going to do good things, and that's going to make him rejoice. But if you're hanging around harlots all the time, uh, first of all, you're going to waste a lot of money because uh, you're going to have to pay for their services and anything else that goes along with that kind of living. Um, and that's going to be a big waste. And uh, it's usually antibiotics also that you're playing, paying for. Yeah, there could be a number of things connected to that kind of living. Yeah. Um, and uh, that, let's just say that won't make your father rejoice. Uh, no. Mm -hmm. So uh, the point of all these, uh, be a good son or daughter and be a wise father or mother. All right, let's move on to our next topic. This is favoritism. There's only three verses in here for favoritism. I can say right off the bat, God does not like favoritism. Um, in fact, uh, I believe it said, I can't think of the verse right now, but it says God is not partial to anyone. And so this is Proverbs chapter 18, verse 5. It says, it is not good to show partiality to the wicked or to overthrow the righteous in judgment. Uh, if you are favoring the wicked, uh, that is not good. Uh, one place we hear a little bit about that is in James chapter 2. Uh, we find out that some people were treating the rich a lot better than the poor. Yep. And in fact, we know from that passage, it was the rich that were actually oppressing those people. Yeah. And so James said, you know, don't do that. Don't show favoritism to the rich people because uh, they're not. Uh, you know, treating you very nice. And uh, by the way, it's a good thing that never happens today where people <laughs> walk into church and we go, oh, hi. Oh, you could make a large donation to our church. Oh, why don't you lead our Sunday school program? Mm -hmm. uh -huh. I'm glad Oops. that I'm glad that never happens in the modern day. Aren't you? Yeah, well, uh -huh. that would be horrible. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, all right. Let's go on to the next verse here. This is Proverbs chapter 24. Oh, what is it? That's small. Verse 23, it says, These things also belong to the wise. It is not good to show partiality in judgment. Now, I went on to this verse because the second half of the last one says to overthrow the righteous in judgment. Uh, when I re read this verse, I immediately think of the patriarchs. Um. Isaac had a little bit of favoritism going. It said he, he uh, favored yeah. Esau over Jacob. And boy, Jacob had a lot of favoritism problems. Uh, he had, he and liked Rachel a lot more than Leah. Yeah. That caused some issues. Uh, then that went further uh, with all his sons. Boy, he liked Joseph a lot better than the others, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Boy, that caused a lot of problems, didn't it? It certainly did. Now, we know the famous verse at the end of Genesis, which I love, where Joseph says, you know, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. Yep. Um, that is true. You know, God can hit a home run with a crooked bat. Um, the, the way I talk to people about it, as I, I say, God took the absolute worst thing in history and turned that into the absolute best thing in history. That would yep. be, it is, it is the worst thing in history to, guilt, to kill God. <laughs> Yeah. When God came to earth as a human and the Jews killed him, that was not a good thing. No. However, 
God was able to take that and use it to bring about the greatest good. That's right. And that's our salvation. So in this verse, just because God turned the situation with Joseph into a good thing, that still doesn't make it good that Jacob had a lot of favoritism for Joseph. That caused a big problem. And I I have fun with this because I explain it to my kids and I say, you know, God tells me I can't have a favorite. I love both of you and I like you because of how different you are. And boys, if I showed favoritism, it'd be like this. If I gave you one of one of you a really big scoop of ice cream for a dessert and I gave the other one of you broccoli. And they go, Dad, I go, I know that's what favoritism is. (laughs) (laughs) So that is not good. Now, notice it says partiality and judgment. The previous verse said overthrow the righteous in judgment. When you are judging between someone, it is very, very easy to favor one party or another because of any number of reasons. That's very easy uh, to not be objective. We should not do that. We should have judgment without any favoritism. And so don't show favorites. God doesn't. um, And we should not do that. Uh, Oh, you know what? We We can say this too. That doesn't mean you can't have a favorite flavor of ice cream. Uh, there you go. Yeah, well, of course, that is that ice cream is not a human being. Exactly. Yeah. So there we're, you go. We're talking about favoritism here or partiality and moral issues, um, right. not whether you prefer your uh, hamburger with uh, cheese or not. Yeah. You know, so or that's the Cardinals over. over the Cubs. Yeah, which that's an easy one. No, we're not going to get into that. Okay. <laughs> okay, never mind. Of course, you say that. Uh, Pastor and Curtis, I could not even name one baseball player that plays right now. Not, I not even. Been able, I haven't been able to since 1994. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's how out of touch I am with sports. I don't know any of them. Yeah, me so. too. Yeah. Almost, almost all professional sports. I, I'm disgusted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they've really taken a turn in the last few years, haven't they? Yeah, when the uh, yeah, a left a left turn when the yeah, when the professional football players took a knee at the singing or playing of the national anthem, I said that did it. And and, and and you know we don't really need to talk about the sports movement, but you know there's a lot of favoritism in sports, isn't there? Oh, oh boy, yeah. There's a whole look at, lot. Look um, at the salary cap structure. Yeah. Salary caps, uh, maybe the races of people playing. Um, yeah. Yeah, there, there, there certain can be a players lot of that. Are, certain players are considered franchise players. Yeah, yeah that or yeah. anything. So, yeah. all right, well, we'll, we'll move on because really, if none of us even watch sports, we're hardly qualified to talk about it anyway. So we, so we better <laughs> move on. I played sports. Yeah, I played them too, but yeah, too. I'm a little out of touch. Okay. <laughs> Proverbs 28, verse 21, it says, to show partiality is not good. I love it when there's uh, very definitive lines when God's talking about what's righteous and what's not. To show partiality is not good because for a piece of bread, a man will transgress. Oh, what's this proverb talking about? Mm -hmm. It's saying that it's very, very easy for a man to do something to gain favor Mm -hmm. in order to get something out of it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. For a piece of man, a bread, a man would transgress. That man will be happy to sin. 
in order to gain favor or favoritism from you so that he can get something out of it. Yeah. Um, I tend to think of the business world when I see that. Yes. Um, you've got a lot of favoritism, a lot of that kind of thing that, you know, is up in the upper echelons of management and things like that. Um, and so that can be, this is a, if you are in upper management in some company, this is a really good verse to keep in mind yeah. that people might treat you really, really well to gain your favor. And we need to be very careful with that. Very, very careful. Okay, there were only three verses in that one. So we're going to go over to the subject of pride. Boy, there's a lot of things in the Bible about pride. Um, this, will, this will by far not be a uh, study, a complete study of pride. This will be what Proverbs has to say about it. Um, I'll say, I will say right off the bat that uh, what caused sin and Satan was pride. Yeah, it was. And so really, what's the very first sin? What did it originate with? Pride. Pride. Yeah. And so, boy, is this a good topic to study and to pay attention to. Yeah. And we're all guilty of it at different times. Yes. Chapter 10, verse 8. It says, the wise in heart will receive commands, but a pratting fool will fall. So when you are being commanded to do something, whether you receive that command or not will show whether you are being wise or not. And if you don't receive that command, what happens? You'll fall. Um, I, I Maybe I told this story when we talked about child rearing, but you know, I tell my kids, you need to listen to me and learn that when I say something, you have to do it. Because yeah. when I tell you to you know, clean up your toys or something, that may not be a big deal. But if I tell you to stop running toward the street because there's a car going and you decide to not listen to me, that could end up very, very badly. Yeah. And so we need to learn to receive commands. And ultimately, the reason why I put this here is because if you don't receive commands, it's because you think you don't need it. Yeah. Well, I would call that pride. Yeah. Yeah. You know how my folks handled it? Uh, my mom would say, wait till your dad gets home. And he would, he applied the, the rod of education to my seat of understanding. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Uh, All right. And, and you know what? We talked about child rearing already. We could go down that road. Okay. If, <laughs> if you, if you need to go back and listen to that episode. Um, I think it was good, but maybe that's prideful. I don't know. Cause you know, listen, listen, <laughs> everything you've done on this podcast has been good, brother. Well, it's only and, cause and, I'm, and don't get puffed up. Okay. I'm, I'm not. Yeah, because it's only because God's word is a lot more clear than anything I could make it. So you got it. You got it. All right. Chapter 11, verse two, it says, when pride comes, then comes shame. But yeah. with the humble is wisdom. So when you're prideful, uh, shame comes after that. Well, why? Well, because a lot of times if you're prideful, that can make you look kind of dumb in the end. Uh, because maybe you didn't listen to people you should have, and you ended up making a lot of mistakes, and that pride will cause shame. But if you're humble, that's wisdom. Uh, chapter 13, verse 10, it says, by pride comes nothing but strife, but with the well-advised is wisdom. 
Uh, notice this idea again here of this well-advised uh, listening and receiving of commands. Uh, we talked about counsel a few weeks ago uh, and how important it is if we want to be wise to have counsel and listen to other people. Notice it says, by pride comes nothing but strife. Uh, when you are prideful, uh, that creates trouble in your life. Um, we brought it up the, uh, a little bit ago in the terms of the business world. Boy, is there a lot of pride in the business world. You want to talk about your achievements. Uh, you want to talk about your certifications or, you know, your qualifications or all the jobs you've had or all the things you've done and accomplished. Boy, it can be really easy to be prideful. And uh, I've been in rooms, I'm sure both of you have too, where the pride, you can, you can almost cut out the pride <laughs> in blocks and sell it out, out on the street because it's so thick between people. Yep. Um, and so that, you know, I've noticed that, that, you know, you kind of, when you're basically tossing pride back at other people, that really does create strife because neither one is really listening to each other. And in the context we're talking in the business world, things end up not getting done right. Yeah. And what does that do? Well, to anybody that's humble, well-advised, well, that just causes frustration because things aren't being done right. And usually to those people that are prideful back and forth, uh, you know, they end up having the same problems where they have to keep that pride going in order to avoid the strife that it's actually bringing. They have to keep puffing themselves up rather than admit what they did. Mm -hmm. So that's a very difficult one. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll move on. Okay, chapter 14, verse six, it says, a scoffer seeks wisdom and does not find it, but knowledge is easy to him who understands. Um, why does a scoffer seek wisdom and not find it? Well, because he's a scoffer. Because even when a scoffer is faced with wisdom, he doesn't think he thinks he's good enough to not need it. Mm -hmm. And so he's not going to accept that wisdom, even if it almost sometimes smacks him in the face. Yeah. And that's what a scoffer does. But this next one, but knowledge is easy to him who understands. Well, why? Well, because if he's already understanding of what he doesn't know, then he'll be able to easily find knowledge because he knows where to find it, knows what he doesn't know, and knows how to learn it. Yep. Uh, Pastor Dick, one of your rules is, oh gosh, something the effect of one thing I know is that I don't know everything, but I do know who does know everything. Boy, yep. I'm messing it up. Yeah, no, it, it, it goes pretty much like that. If I know anything, it's that I don't know everything, but I know who does know everything. Mm -hmm. And, and that principle is going to make everything else easy to understand. It does. Now, that, that doesn't mean we get it right every time. That's why we study that, what you know, but in the end, we're going to find the answer. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Chapter 16, verse 18. It says, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. As I was studying and preparing for this, as I read this verse, I immediately thought of Peter. No, Lord, we are willing to go die for you. We will not desert you. Oh, Peter. And what does Jesus say? You're going to deny me three times. Yeah. Boy, was, was Peter pretty haughty, pretty prideful. That led to some uh, a fall, didn't it? 
Yes, it did. And I think, uh, I think in, uh, is it Luke? In, in Luke's reaccounting of that story, it says that when he denied him the third time, Jesus saw him and they locked eyes, basically. And then Peter went out and wept bitterly. Wept bitterly. That's yep. right. And, and I just, you can, now I think, you know, Peter was a pretty large guy. I mean, at the end of John, we know that he pulled a lot of fish in a net, a net all by himself. Yeah. So Pete, Peter was a big dude. And to imagine this really big guy just weeping uncontrollably is the feeling I get from that. Yeah. And so that, that is just that that's one example of, yeah, if you're prideful, you're haughty, you're going to be destroyed. You're going to be in a fall. Now we can be thankful. We actually know the end of that story. Don't we? We know it didn't stop there with that fall. God raised Peter up to be the leader of the church. Yeah. So we know that no matter how far that fall is, God can restore you. And I think personally, I think God used that experience to make Peter so strong. Yeah. Yeah. You know, by the way, that uh, where he was hauled in all those fishes in the gospel of John, um, um, in that whole story, Jesus said three times, lovest thou me? He gave him three chances to take back the three the three times when he denied him. That's right. He gave him that opportunity to just restore himself. What grace. And, wow. and what yeah, exactly what grace that God would do that for us. <laughs> All right. Uh, chapter 16, verse 19, it says, better to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. Now, I thought of being a musician when I read this verse. Now, I'm a musician, you know, and I went to college for it. And boy, it's really easy to be prideful when you're a musician. Um, I, I can say this, you know, I went to college. I practiced a lot. I'm a good guitar player. I can say that. And that's not a prideful attitude. That's just recognizing the skill God gave me. And so it is okay to recognize that, yeah, God gave me skill to do that. That's not being prideful. But when you're a musician, it can be really easy to, you know, want to show off, um, to talk big about the things you know, maybe the people you've met, uh, things like that. Um, and so, <laughs> and, and I thought of this too, it says then to divide the spoil with the proud. I mean, musicians don't make any money, so there's really no spoil to divide, but, but, <laughs> but, but you know, the idea is it's much better to be humble with the lowly, much better in the example of music, much better to be humble and to have fun playing music with people that aren't very good than to go out there with a bunch of prideful people just to split a couple bucks playing at a bar for a couple hours. Yeah. You know, it's much better to do that. I so, remember when you were playing in a Christian big band. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember going to a concert where you played. Oh, yeah. We played with Denver Beerman. And boy, yeah. is he, and I can say that boy, is he a fun guy to play with. Oh. Um, and I'm sure he'll be back in the Peoria area. Um, one day and if and I'll sure I'll tell it talk about it on this podcast but he's a fun guy and he's got a good heart yeah. but even it's even in the setting of Christian music it can be hard to be not prideful sometimes uh -huh. yeah. and I don't say that because Denver isn't prideful I can say that in fact 
Denver makes quite a few comments about being past his time. So I know that Denver Denver does have a humble spirit (laughs) about who he is. So, okay, we'll move on. Uh, Chapter 18 in Proverbs, verse 12. It says, before destruction, the heart of a man is haughty, and before honor is humility. So before destruction, a heart of a man is haughty. We can think of Peter again. Uh, but this, uh, this second half of the verse, and before honor is humility, um, I thought of Paul. Now, when Paul got saved on the road to Damascus, you know, he was struck blind. Yeah. And when you can see your whole life, it can be very humbling to not know where you are and to be totally dependent on other people. Yeah. And I think God gave him that experience to start to teach him something. Now, even after Ananias came, and the scales dropped from his eyes, he regained his sight. Paul spent quite a bit of time alone yes, before he, he went out and started preaching. Yeah. Now, now I think, I haven't studied this in a while. I think there's some debate on exactly how long that, uh, that period was that he spent. But boy, I can tell you, I'm sure he got a very helpful helping of humility. Absolutely. Yep. And, and uh, when he started his ministry and after he was done, we know that Paul gained a lot of honor, a lot of eternal rewards because of his humility. Yeah. So just a biblical example that before honor is humility. Yeah. Chapter 20, verse 14, it says, it is good for nothing, cries the buyer. But when he has gone away his way, he boasts. Uh, this, <laughs> this verse is, I think it's talking about bartering. That, you know, if you go to a shop by the side of the road and you sit there and barter, uh, one strategy I've heard is to say, you know, I'm not taking it for less than some ridiculous number. And then you walk away. And that's supposed to get the person trying to sell it to kind of grovel and sell it to you for something it's not worth. Um, But I think when you say that, it's good for nothing or I won't take it for this. When he has gone away, then he boasts. The people that I know do that, they will boast about how good barterers they are. And they will boast about, man, I really told that salesman and he wasn't ready for me. And I really, it's actually kind of a prideful attitude. Um, I've never known somebody to barter like that and not be prideful about their bartering skills. (laughs) So just interesting. If you ever get in the case of bartering a price or maybe a used car or something like that, uh, you might want to keep this verse in mind. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Chapter 21, verse 24, it says, A proud and haughty man, scoffer is his name. He acts with arrogant pride. Um, so now we know scoffer, uh, when you just, you know, find things wrong with things all the time and you think everybody's wrong <laughs> and you're right, the other is being proud and haughty. And what do you do? Well, you do things with arrogant pride. So not only are you just prideful, but you're actually arrogant about it. You're actually flaunting it uh, in front of other people. Um, we can see this. I, you know, one place you see this is on social media where people will post about things and they will be very arrogant about how virtuous they are. Um, and that very definition is not being virtuous. That's actually arrogant pride. Yeah. Um, and actually, my wife just told me there's actually a term for that now, uh, but I forget what it is. But the idea is, you know, you're, you're acting with arrogant pride there. Uh, chapter 25, verse 27, 
says, it is not good to eat much honey, so to seek one's own glory is not glory. All right, honey is a good thing. Uh, I like honey, and I put it in my oatmeal or whatever, uh, but it is true if you eat too much, uh, that might make you feel kind of sick, okay? So it is not good to eat, eat much honey, so to seek one's own glory is not glory. Uh, whenever we seek our own glory, uh, that gets us into trouble because we know that God's not going to share his glory with another. Is that uh, Isaiah 42, I think it is, or 52, somewhere around there. And so just like having too much honey will make us not feel good, to seek our own glory will not make us feel good. Uh, you will keep trying to glorify yourself, and uh, the end of that is destruction, as we've seen in a couple of these Proverbs. All right, chapter 26, verse 12. Do you see a man wise in his own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than for him. Now, this verse kind of hit me. I guess maybe this was my two by four verse this week. This hit me because I realized that what Solomon and God are saying here, they're saying that pride is worse than being foolish. Now, foolish, that can be ignorant, that can be dumb or just not listening, doing that. But pride is worse than that. So don't, it, it's, it's better to be just ignorant than it is to be prideful. So that, that can be helpful. Now I've even, again, sometimes we talk about the business world. I have had meetings where it starts to get kind of confusing and I will make this statement. I'll go, okay, imagine I don't know anything about this topic. Explain to me how it works. And it's amazing when you do that and people have to explain things from square one how things come to light and they make that meeting or whatever you're in easier. Yeah. So instead of being ignorant or prideful, be humble about it. Chapter 27, verse four, it says, wrath is cruel and anger a torrent, but who, but who is able to stand before jealousy? Well, this is, this is interesting because anger and wrath. So when someone's angry at you, they're shouting, uh, what's typically, what's our knee-jerk response to that? What's the first thing we typically do? We yell back. I mean, if someone's angry with us and yelling at us, we like to yell back at them. You know, it's that kind of, you, you, you meet their aggression and you think that you have to uh, match that aggression kind of idea. That's the first idea. Um, now, we shouldn't do that. We should be calm. But wrath is cruel and anger a torrent, but who is able to stand before jealousy? Well, if someone's angry at you and you get angry at back, you usually can deal with that. I mean, it typically ends up with you just being angry, but who can stand before jealousy? If someone's jealous, there's, there's not a real great way to deal with that. There just isn't. Um, and if someone's jealous of you, um, and, you know, let, let, let's take this situation. I, I know this pops up sometimes um, that you'll have uh, two siblings and one will be very jealous of the other. Well, when they tell you that they're jealous, and they explain it. What do you say to that? I don't know. Because we can't stand before jealousy. If they're angry at us, we can have a response to that. But if we're jealous, 
<laughs> me in my sinful state, if somebody's jealous, what do I think of to say to them? Well, it's your fault. You don't have whatever you, boy, that's a terrible response to somebody who's jealous. So what do you say? Well, a lot of times I, I can recall instances where I had to remind the, the jealous uh, child that, yes, I understand your jealousy because you, uh, your brother or sister is better at this than you are. But I also know that you can run up a tree and do a backward somersault and land on your feet and they can't. And that's something you can do better than them. Yep. So you're equal. We actually knew somebody who could do that. Oh, cool. <laughs> I knew somebody who could lick their elbow. <laughs> I don't know. I guess that's you know not worth even saying. But... Listen, listen. You you do the serious stuff, and we'll do the humor. All right. Oh, okay. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'll I'll stick to the issues. No, there we go. you're okay. doing wonderful, brother. But, uh, but but this proverb, you know, jealousy is very difficult to deal with because it's very yeah. difficult to respond yeah. to. Yeah. Um, you know, and in your your yeah. example, Curtis, you're not the one they're jealous of. Right. And, you know, it's again, it just jealousy is a very difficult thing to deal with. Yeah. And and, you know, there are this verse doesn't give the solution. Yeah. Uh, now there's ways to deal with it and, you know, we'll, we'll get through that in our series, but it's just difficult. Um, all right. Chapter 28, verse 25 in Proverbs, he who is a proud of a proud heart stirs up strife, but he who trusts in the Lord will be prospered. Uh, this verse is very much like the others. Um, a proud heart, pride comes nothing but strife, but when your faith is in the Lord, that will prosper you and you will avoid that strife. Uh, chapter 29, verse 23, a man's pride will bring him low, but the humble in spirit will retain honor. And how nice that is that we can avoid being brought low, being brought shameful, whatever it is, by being humble. And that is what retains our honor. Yeah. Now, it may not retain our honor in the way we want, Um I know, Pastor, I know we've talked about some of these issues when I've called you. And Curtis, I'm sure you've had similar. Um, when you're in your career and uh, you did a good job or whatever, sometimes you don't get honored like you want to. Maybe it's, yep, maybe it's a promotion that you didn't get. Maybe if it's a raise or a bonus you don't get. Uh, maybe it's some kind of recognition. Who knows? Mm -hmm. um, but God will often use those to teach us to be humble. Um, I've had a situation where I really spent uh, it was close to a year, maybe even a year and a half preparing for a certain kind of job. And uh, I ended up being good at it. Again, I'm not being prideful here. I just know that God gave me skill and I understand it. And I ended up being good at it. And through a series of events, uh, God did not have me go in that direction that I thought my career was going to go. And I can tell you that's a very humbling experience. Uh, yes. Because God can prepare you for something and say, you know, I'm going to use that experience to walk you down this path, but I actually want you to do something else. Uh -huh. And boy, how humbling that can be to mm -hmm. just say, Okay, God, not my will, 
<laughs> but yours be done. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Been there. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think relate, brother. Yeah, I I think we all have, and uh, and so, but the humble in spirit will retain honor. Your honor will be retained. Yeah. Um, and we have to be okay with that, um, and that can just be a very, very humbling experience. Okay, I think, let's see, I did prepare another section, but I'm not sure. How long has it been? How long have we been going? Does it say uh, let me here? take a look here. Uh, almost 55 minutes. Oh, yeah. let's go ahead and do it. Okay. Let's go on to the next section. Okay, this next one, uh, we're, so <laughs> Solomon, I think he had a whole category for women. Uh, now Solomon yeah. had a had a lot of wives. Uh, let's just say he had a lot of experience with women. So, yeah. okay, okay let, let's go ahead and go to Proverbs chapter twelve, verse four. It says, "An excellent wife is the crown of her husband, but she who causes shame is like rottenness to his bones." Oh, boy, I am so happy to say that I have an excellent wife, and boy, if I had a crown. <laughs> <laughs> then she would be it uh, because she is such a great wife. And pastor, before you say it, I know I married well. Okay. <laughs> but boy, when you. Well, have... well wait a minute. You, you didn't tell me I couldn't say it. You said before I said it, you would. Well, because I thought you might say that about me. Remember, you're sticking to the humor. So not, you know. Okay. So I, yeah. <laughs> you, okay. Brother, you married well. Okay. Uh, there, oh, oh, yeah, he did it anyway. Okay. Uh, but she who causes shame is like rottenness to his bones. Um, when you've got a wife that causes shame, that is rottenness to, I mean, that gets inside, that physically affects you, uh, is what it's saying here. Um, so wives, don't be ashamed to your husband. Uh, husbands, don't treat your wife in such a way that she doesn't want to treat you well. That's right. So it goes both ways. Yeah. Um, your wife will be more excellent if you treat her more excellent. Okay. If I can say it like that. Okay. Chapter 18, verse 24, or excuse me, chapter 18, verse 22. He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Yeah. Um, boy, that word favor uh, we've talked about that. That's really the same thing as grace. Well, grace is a gift. So can I say a wife is a gift? Yeah. Boy, sure. I think I can. And uh, he who finds a wife, is a, that finds a good thing. God gave you that wife. He dropped one right in my lap. Mm-hmm. I mean, almost literally. Yeah. Yeah. And I've heard the story of you tell me that. Um, yeah. and, in, uh, and if we go to Ephesians 5. Uh, we're not going to actually turn there because, boy, I'm saving that for when we get to Proverbs chapter one. Uh, <laughs> but we know that husbands, we're supposed to be able to die for our wives yeah. as Christ died for the church. So what a gift she is. Be willing to die for her. I am. Chapter 21, verse nine. Uh, this verse is the only verse in Proverbs to be repeated three times uh, or very similar three times it says better to dwell in the in a corner of a housetop than a in a house shared with a contentious woman 
I'll read the next one where it's repeated in 21 verse 19. It says, better to dwell in the wilderness than with a contentious and angry woman. Uh, and then in chapter 25, verse 24, it says, it is better to dwell in the corner of a housetop than in a house shared with a contentious woman. My guess is that Solomon having, uh, you know, I forget, is it 600 wives and 400 concubines or something like that? Flip, yeah. Flip that. I'm going to guess there were quite a few contentious and angry women that he had to live with. Wouldn't surprise me. And that's why he repeated this three times. Now, by that same token, remember, God's the author of scripture. So God had it written down three times. Why? Well, I think it's a signal to the wife um, that the wife is supposed to be on alert for how she can be contentious or angry. Um, and, I, and I know, you know, we could make a lot of jokes about marriage and things like that. But, you know, don't, don't we generally have jokes about how a wife treats a husband or how a husband can tune out the wife, yes. or how the wife always corrects or things like that. Mm-hmm. I, and I think those exist because it's just easy for a woman to do that. Yeah. Now, I say it's easy for a woman to do that. It sounds like I'm being really mean to women here. I'm not. Because remember, I just said how excellent my wife is and how great of yeah. a gift she is. Um, but it can be. Um, and I think one reason it's easy for a woman to be contentious and angry is because men, you know what? We are stupid a lot of the times. So when I say it's easy for a woman to be contentious and angry, you know what, men, we're kind of dumb. And, you know, let's, let's be honest about who we are and that we realize, you know what? I am stupid. I can understand my wife, why my wife got angry at that. <laughs> <laughs> So it's a it's a two way street here. Sure. Um, God, we, men God, are not, we, we we men are not nearly as perceptive no. as women are. <laughs> That's also true. Okay. So all all I mean is here is these verses are directed at the woman being contentious and angry. But if you take all of what Proverbs says about men and women, and if you even expand that out to all the things the Bible says about husbands and wives. It's a two, two-way street, husbands sure. and wives out there. It sure is. So women, you should yeah. be on guard to be contentious and angry. Men, you should be aware of the things you do that might make your wife contentious or angry. Absolutely. It goes both ways. Uh, yeah. The Bible is not sexist. The Bible is not chauvinistic or anything like that. Um, God has an order to things and he has a role for men and women. And again, we will talk about that in a podcast coming up, Um, but it's very, very equal and fair to who women and men are. Amen. Okay. Um, Now we better move on before I say something I don't want to say. Okay. (laughs) I'm kidding. (laughs) Chapter 22, verse 14, it says the mouth of an immoral woman is a deep pit. He who is abhorred by the Lord will fall there. Uh, when I read this verse, my thought was an immoral woman equals judgment on a man. Yeah. Uh, and that's a that's kind of an odd way to think of it. Uh, men, if you start to go down this road of the immoral woman and boy, we had a whole podcast on this. Um, you better realize why you're getting into that. And it could be very well be that God is giving you judgment for something you've done. Um. 
Women out there, don't be that immoral woman. Uh, let's see, chapter 23, verse 26 through 28, it says, My son, give me your heart and let your eyes observe my ways. For a harlot is a deep pit and a seductress is a narrow well. She also lies in wait as for a victim and increases the unfaithful among men. Um, again, I'm not going to go deeply into this because we did a podcast on adultery and the immoral woman. Um, but if you were to get involved with a harlot or seductress, that would increase your unfaithfulness. Uh, and we kind of talked about it during that podcast. When you get involved in that, it's something that doesn't leave you. You know, it, that sort of sin carries around with you almost to the rest of your life. So don't be involved in that sort of thing. And then chapter 27, verses 15 through 16, it says, A continual dripping on a very rainy day and a contentious woman are alike. Whoever restrains her restrains the wind and grafts oil with his, with her, his right hand. Uh, so here we get this idea of a contentious woman again. Um, you can't restrain somebody that's angry. Um, you know, I, I've had situations with my kids where I try to restrain them and boy, they just get angry and angrier and angrier until I've even had them fall asleep in my arms. And so uh, you are really restraining, restrains the wind. You can't do it. And so whenever you're angry or contentious, realize that you're angry or contentious and stop it. Uh, whether you're the man or the woman, doesn't really matter. Don't be contentious. And because it's like a continual dripping, and we already talked about that, it's annoying, it's on your forehead, let's not be that. So husbands and, husbands and wives, I guess we'll end with this, don't be contentious with each other. Boy, it can be easy. I'm, I'm married. I know it can be easy to be contentious with your, hus with your wife, or if, you know, if you're the wife with your husband. We all, everybody, husbands and wives in their marriages needs to humble themselves and realize let's not be contentious with each other boy is our marriage yep. going to go better That's good. so i think curtis that is a good place to stop for this week as and, you wish and and i think uh next week boy we're going to have a fun one because i think we're going to talk about money boy money, does, money, money. boy yeah. does proverbs have a lot to say about money it does. And some of it is a little surprising sometimes. Some of it is. So uh, I'm excited about that. See you next week. Money in the book okay. of Proverbs. All right. Thank you, brother. Um, well you done. Bet. It was fun. Yeah. yeah. All right. All okay. right. Lucas, thank you once again for being with us, my brother, and, uh, and uh, dropping some proverbial wisdom upon us. Yeah. Uh, we, we do appreciate that. And uh, we, you, you explain things in a in in such a, a simple manner that all, almost anybody can understand it. We we really enjoy that. Yeah. So well, thank you, because we're simple. <laughs> so I know am I. I am. Yeah. So am I. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to remind our listeners to be uh, tuning in again with us uh, this coming Tuesday morning when we have Dr. J. B. Hickson. Uh, as our regular Tuesday morning guest. And I, I already know what the subject matter is going to be because uh, I suggested it. And he said, oh, 
yes, that's a great idea. Let's do it. So uh, he, he's busy preparing uh, for, for my suggestion. And uh, boy, I can hardly wait to see how he treats this. And, uh, uh, so I'm just going to let you be surprised. You're going to have to stay in suspense until Tuesday morning. So, yeah. uh, but it will be worth it. All right, and uh, he's, yeah. bait, he's baiting the hook. I'll tell you, that's yeah. right. Uh, <laughs> all right, uh, again, let me remind our listeners uh, that uh, of our broadcast times: Saturday, uh, Sunday, uh, Saturday morning, Pastor Dick; Saturday evening, Mister Lucas Doremus; and Tuesday mornings, uh, Doctor J. B. Hickson. Uh, those are our three main uh, broadcast times. Some. We may deviate a day here or there, somebody to accommodate a schedule or something, but normally that's when we're available and on the air broadcasting, and we try to remain faithful to do so. And we thank you, our listeners, our dear listeners, for being faithful to, to be with us when we do it. And uh, we hope you're blessed by it. We hope you're blessed as uh, hearing it as, as much as we are doing it. Yeah. Isn't that right, Lucas? That's right. All right. Listen, thank you again, my brother, and until, uh, oh, next Saturday, uh, we hope you have a blessed week, you and, and all of your family. I'm sure Say we hey will. to Dexter and Eli for me. I will. Yeah, give her, Sarah a hug and tell her how much I appreciate her. <laughs> I will, Pastor. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So they, they make it easy for me to take you. You know what <laughs> they do. You're right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thanks again, Lucas. And uh, thank you again, dear listeners, for being with us. Uh, until we meet again Tuesday morning, may the Lord bless and keep you. And we will see you soon. Good night. <laughs>